Hello there and welcome to Planet Sport Football Africa, the show where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined as usual by Solomon Ashams. And today we've got an interview with Nigeria and Liverpool striker Victor Moses, looking back on 2013 as Nigeria won the Africa Cup of Nations and qualified for the 2014 FIFA World Cup. And as it's the last show of 2013, we've got some highlights from the programme in this, our debut year, including fans here in Zimbabwe struggling to name teams taking part in the CAF African Champions League. I know... No. It's not interesting to you? Yeah, it's not interesting to me. Well, that's coming up later, but first let's hear from Victor Moses, the Nigeria striker who's been loaned out to Liverpool from Chelsea in the English Premier League. Oluwashina Okaleji got the chance to speak to Moses and asked him for his reflections on 2013. Yeah, it's been a great year for us, particularly in the um, Nations Cup as well. That's where we all started. Not everyone expected us us to to, to win the African Nations Cup, and we actually did it this year. So, yeah, it's been a a wonderful year for us. Um, Then again, we qualify for the World Cup. That's the most important thing. Uh, And, um, yeah, we're very delighted to to, 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 to qualify for the World Cup and then then again for the African Nations as well. So we're very pleased with, with the year. Personally for you, it's been... A roller coaster year for you by missing the um, Confederations Cup. How important is it for you to look at your career now and say you swapped you swapped allegiance from England to Nigeria and you'll be going to the World Cup? How significant is this for your career? Yeah, it's very it's very important for me. Then again, as you said, this first swap and leg in England and then and then and then play for play for Nigeria. So um, that's that's the stuff that happens. Obviously, I really enjoy my time with the England youth side. Um, I play right from the age from on the 16s to the 21. So I really enjoy my time there. Is, uh, they look after me. It's a, it's a great country, and I will always show respect for England. So they, they developed me a lot. So I just want to say thanks to them. And then again, qualify for the World Cup with Nigeria really means a lot as well. Obviously, we go qualified now, so it's going to be a good experience for us going to the World Cup. It's my first time going to the World Cup. That's a all, all kids' dream to go to the World Cup. And um, then again, I'm, I'm very pleased. England versus Nigeria at the World Cup. Picture that in your head. <laughs> That would be that would be a, uh, it would be a great game and uh, to be honest I don't <laughs> I don't know we just go we just go see if we if, and then we just take it on from there. That is Nigeria and Liverpool striker Victor Moses. Interesting comments there, Solomon. Very interesting comment. Uh, Victor Moses is a Nigerian player, though he spent a lot of his time in the UK. Obviously, from his accent, you can pick that up. You know, he went there. He was barely about ten or twelve. You know, and he was cultured into the British type of football, getting the opportunity to play for uh, you know the age group competitions uh, representing England. And he is very optimistic. One thing I hear him say very much there is just the opportunity for him to go. Uh, to the World Cup. It's like every player's dream to go to the World Cup and uh, and definitely has made a, a good choice for him to go in there and, uh, you know, he might get opportunity to face his uh, second home England in, the, in one of the games. Who knows? But he has shown that, you know, it is really important for a player to play in the World Cup. You know, if you feel a certain country is not giving you the opportunity, it's okay to look at another option, the options that are available to you. And I feel he has been able to come and be part of the Super Eagles team. He was part of the winning team at the Africa Cup of Nations 2013. Played a very key role. He is nominated for the African uh, Player of the Year. And so he shows a lot for for that young player. And we hope to see uh, Victor Moses and his uh, colleagues and in the Nigerian Super Eagles 
Eagles team do well in Brazil 2014. And Victor Moses there uh, talking about uh, two of the highlights for sure of uh, 2013. That was Nigeria winning the Africa Cup of Nations and qualifying for the 2014 FIFA World Cup. Uh, Indeed, uh, the same five teams have qualified for the World Cup as those that went in 2010. Other highlights of uh, 2013, Al Ahly winning the CAF Champions League for a record eighth time, extending their own record. But they were a disappointment at the FIFA Club World Cup, where Raja Casablanca did amazingly well to reach the final against Bayern Munich. Also, we had the Confederations Cup in Brazil, the dress rehearsal for the 2014 FIFA World Cup. Nigeria, very disappointing there. But their under-17s won the under-17 World Cup for a record fourth time. And on the downside, I think one thing we saw far too much of was uh, bad administration from uh, national football associations. We had many, many uh, cases of teams being docked points in World Cup qualifying for fielding ineligible players and uh, losing out because of that. Good year for African football, Solomon, 2013? Yes, definitely a good year for African football. Uh, You know, I think African football has done so well in this year. We've been able to do so much. We've been able to see teams like Raja Casablanca getting into the FIFA Club World Cup finals. You know, a second time, only after TP Mazembe, we've been able to see the Golden Eaglets of Nigeria, that is the under-17 team, doing so well in the UAE, winning that World Cup for the fourth time. So it's been really, really a great time for African football and also the highlights also we got five teams going to the World Cup in Brazil I hope to see not just one of them but hopefully two of them in the quarterfinals definitely because I feel uh, four out of the five teams are definitely going in there at the World Cup in Brazil to compete we saw Nigeria doing so much I think this year has been Nigeria's year when it comes to African football winning the under 17 World Cup and also doing so well at the Africa Cup of Nations and going out to representing Africa at the Confederations Cup. But also in Egypt, we saw Al-Hali, despite all the political situation, coming out of that with so much strength, the players giving their all and winning the Africa Champions League 2013. And I think Al-Hali, for me, did so well and represented Egypt uh, so well. So it's great and also great to see Orlando Pirates back in the finals of the African Champions League for the first time in a very, very long time. And uh, it shows that Southern African football is gradually uh, coming up also and we hope to see uh, more and more clubs you know from the southern part of africa doing well enough to be able to compete in the africa cup of nations well thanks very much solomon and you can tell us about your highlights of 2013 in african football give us your views on our facebook page that's planet sport football africa your highs or your lows of 2013 in african football we'd love to hear from you there on the facebook page planet sport football africa which is all one word Now let's look back at some of the highlights on the programme in 2013 in this, our first year as Planet Sport Football Africa. And as well as getting to speak to big stars like Victor Moses, we've met up with some of the minnows of African football. When I was at the Southern African Kasafa Cup in Zambia in July, I met the Mauritius coach Akbar Patel. Now the Indian Ocean Island nation is ranked 177 in the world and 46 in Africa, with only eight nations below them on the continent. Mauritius pulled out of the 2014 World Cup qualifiers because of financial problems, and they went out at the group 
group stage of the Kasafa Cup, but did manage a win over the Seychelles. But beating a team outside of the Indian Ocean Islands is the real target for Mauritius, and their coach Akbar Patel told me that the Kasafa Cup was a chance to develop his side. It's a bit difficult, you know, as the coach to, and for the players, but we know that we, we have to start somewhere. Even if losing, we, we, we are picking up games and we are getting experience. We know someday, sometime, perhaps in the near future, we'll turn their way around. It will be another thing. I'm convinced what I'm saying, because lack of playing games of high standard, don't, you don't progress. And if, even if you lose against better teams, you learn. And the process of learning sometimes, and what time, the process will stop, and then we'll start winning. You, you can't learn every time, but now we are, we are in the learning process. That's the Mauritius coach Akbar Patel. No doubt one of the most negative stories in African football this year was the continuing occurrences of racist football incidents in countries such as Russia, Turkey and Italy, where black players were targeted by sections of the crowd. Cameroon midfielder Eno Eyong, who's with Ajax in the Netherlands and played for Fulham in the first half of the year, is a follower of Jesus Christ, and he believes that his faith should impact all that he does as a footballer. Stuart Weir asked Eyong for his thoughts on the problems of racism in football. Personally, I've never really experienced racism. I've not played in Turkey. I've not been in Italy. I could have been the one in Drogba's place as well. I just believe that um, it's it's there's, there's a big misunderstanding in identity which is experienced by some of these areas and and the solution is only in Christ because the Bible says in Christ there's neither Jews, there's neither Gentile, there's neither black, there's neither green, there's neither yellow. There's there's an understanding of this message of oneness in Christ Mm. and then we'll see each and every one of us equal and such issues would really not be a problem. Just tell me uh, what do you think God wants you to do as a footballer? What God really wants uh, me to do as a footballer is very simple. It's in John's Gospel, if you read chapter 15, which talks about that you are the light of the world and that let your world, light so shine that men will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. In any field that you are, whether in music, movie industry, whether in, in the journalism, for me in football, I see myself like carrying the light of God in that world, in, 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 in the world of football where there's a lot of darkness, and very few people talk about God, know about God, believe in God. And as, as I shine that light, there's also a responsibility for me to be very diligent in the work I do, anywhere I'm walking, to be very punctual. Like the Bible says, you see a man diligent in his work, he shall stand before kings, and he, he, sh- he shall be a, a different. You have to be the light, be the first to be a job, be the one working hard, be the one to show the example, mm-hmm. and, and not among the complainers, but being the one loving what you do. In that way, when people see that light shining in you, it will pull them and then God would manifest his love through you. And there will always be a platform for you to share uh, God's message of Jesus Christ to them. That's Cameroon midfielder Eno Eyong. Looking back at some of the highlights from this, our first year as Planet Sport Football Africa, one story we really enjoyed was the great excitement and pride in Kenya as Victor Wanyama became the first Kenyan ever to play in the English Premier League with his move from Celtic in Scotland to Southampton. Our reporter Norman Briley spoke to fans about what Wanyama's achievement means to them and to the country after the move to Southampton for £12.5 million. That's around $19 million. That's a big thing for us. Um, as Kenyans, it's a very big thing. We've been looking forward for a chance at least um, to appear somewhere. Um, one of the teams 
because we love the Premier League so much. You know I love it and my team is Chelsea. I was hoping he comes and joins Chelsea, but it's all the same. Um, now a big fan of Southampton and Chelsea too. But do you think he's able to come up to those standards of the Premier League? Definitely. Most definitely. Because he's a very disciplined player. And, you know, they... Southampton paid twelve and a half million yes. pounds for him. Is he worth that? It is so much. He is more than that. He's a captain of our best stars. He's a big guy here. Guys were waiting to see Wanyama playing for for, for Arsenal because we understand that uh, Arsene Wenger was looking forward to get Wanyama, and uh, there was some story that uh, Alex Ferguson also was interested in stuff like that. And you know, it doesn't matter right, right now. All we know is that he's playing with the pre- Premier League. Mm. In, in England, and that's the biggest thing here. Every week, every time, every mm. Southampton match right now is a big match in Kenya. Well, I think that's great. We don't have the Scottish football and TV show being shown. And now, since Wanyama has moved to English Premier Southampton, that's where we'll have to see him, how he plays. Is he a good player? He is. Did and you? that's why he was given to be a captain of the national team, Harambe Stars. Now, most Kenyans now will have to watch the Premier League since they have been following up the Premier League most of the time. Even those who are like Manu fans, Arsenal fans, now they have to turn to Southampton because they are Kenyan-born is in playing the team. Football fans in Kenya talking about the achievement of Victor Wanyama becoming the first player from their country to play in the English Premier League with his move to Southampton. Well, Kenya is one country where many football fans are more interested in European football than their own domestic league. And that can be the story for many fans around Africa. Now, here in Zimbabwe, when the group stage of the CAF Champions League got underway, I asked supporters at a league match here in Zimbabwe how much they know about the CAF Champions League as compared to the UEFA Champions League. And a lot of them struggled to name teams playing in the CAF Champions League. I'm rallying behind Chelsea. Chelsea is my team. And uh, what about CAF Champions League, African Champions League? Are you interested in that one? Yeah, in Africa, my, my country. I'm only rallying behind my country. I mean, do you know any of the teams that play in the African Champions League? Mm, I know... Ah. Hello. <laughs> mm, no. It's not interesting to you? Yeah, it's not interesting to me. And uh, the CAF Champions League, are you following? Yes, of course. Eoali, Zamalek, but is it uh, Orlando Pirates in yeah, South Africa? Orlando Pirates are there. Yeah, we yeah, are supporting Orlando Pirates just because it is in Southern Africa. Well, we got there eventually, but uh, football fans here in Zimbabwe certainly struggling to name some of the teams taking part in this year's edition of the CAF Champions League. That's it for today's programme. That's it indeed for this year's programming here on Planet Sport Football Africa. From me, Steve Vickers, wishing you all the best for 2014. It's been good being with you this year on the programme. We will be back next week with part two of our show, asking whether football was better in the olden days. And you can find the programme online at planetsport.tv. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a 2K Plus international sports media production.